don't worry, I was just telling her she's beautiful. Just kidding, just working out, working out a logistic thing for the end of service. How are you? Merry Christmas. How many know that like every day of the year should be Christmas? Jesus was born for every day for all of us, right? So anyway, just a few things to, to go over. Next week, uh, January 4th. So if you're still engaging online, we, we are glad that you joined us. But those of you who feel safe and are excited to come in person, we're here. 10 a.m. now from here till we say otherwise. And next week, we're doing a party, all right? Uh, we bought confetti cannons, like lots of them, all right? Because we were so excited when we couldn't do church that when we'd come back to live church that we would have a big party uh, back in the spring. And it was kind of like this weird thing where we just kind of like trickled back in. And it wasn't like this big explosion like we thought it was going to be. So uh, we just thought we'd start the new year. Like, like 2020 was weird and awkward and rough for so many. So 2021 is going to be different. So next week, next Sunday, just come, come excited. Like I'm wearing my fancier clothes today, so next week I don't have to. Uh, but we're going to have a party, and we're going to cast the vision and just kind of tell you like what we're excited about as a church for 2021, but also as a people, as a, as a body, as a family. Like what we get to like push into for next year and you personally with dreams. How many, how many want dreams? How many want to dream again? And you want your dreams to come true and, and the Lord has that in store for you and we're just very excited for you. So next week we're going to do a party. We've got a sheet cake ordered and treats and different things. We're just going to have a party and uh, we might ask for a little help cleaning up after the end. So because we're doing confetti cannons. Enough's enough. All right. I'll probably talk a lot more about this at the end of service. We like to start the year uh, in unity in a fast, all right? And if you want to know more about fasting, one of the best books I've ever read about fasting is from Jensen Franklin. So he, he put out this great book on fasting. So really, like, if you just give up food and that's it, it's, it's a diet. It's not a fast. A fast is when you replace that or that time that you would be eating or that time you'd be watching TV or whatever it is that you choose to give up, you replace that time with some God time, whether that's in your word or worshiping or just meditating on the Lord. When you replace it, now it's a fast. So we invite you, we're going to start that on January 4th. Uh, January 4th, we usually do 21 days, so we'll end that three weeks later. So we'll go three weeks, end it on like a Sunday. It's technically like 20 days, uh, but if you want to start next Sunday, you can, but typically we do like a big lunch, and then we start our fast as a family, and we've had girls. We let our girls pick what they want to give up. It's not always food. Biblically, that would be most often what it was, was food, um, and this is something that's private. It's intimate with you and the Lord. Even in the Bible, they would rub oil on their face so people wouldn't realize that they were depleted of nutrients and things. So it is a, a private thing, but we're going to do it corporately. But my daughters, they would give up. Like one time, we had a daughter give up uh, her baby doll, and she put it on top of the fridge. And uh, at 21 days, we gave her her baby. Like, they, they picked these things. And we're like, are you sure? She's like, yeah. Or one of them, Olivia, she loves breakfast, loves cereal. So then at the end of the fast, we went to Kroger and let them pick out any cereal they wanted, So, which is very rare. She gave up, like, um, whole grain, probably, like, all organic, non-GMO, non-gluten, non uh, you know, Cheerios that Nicole lets her have. So... Anyway, uh, we're going to invite you in on that. So as a body, we would love to fast with you and just pursue the Lord. And, um, you know, the Bible talks about, is this not the fast that you've chosen? To see strongholds break loose and all of these, these yokes of bondage break loose. So we're going to do that together starting next week. And typically we start either that Sunday or Monday. All right. We've been into this series, a quick four-week Christmas series called Hope. 
All right, so we're going to end that today, and next week we're going to go into vision in 2021. All right, uh, so you probably got the email out, and you kind of have an idea what that's going to be, but we're going to totally surprise you next week of what Upper Room looks like next year. All right, so um, we're not leaving, okay? When I plant those seeds and say those weird comments because I didn't have anything else to say right there, people get scared, okay? No drastic change of leadership, but we're not leaving, all right? I promise you. We scared some people when we were talking about that. Like our eight-year plan is to transition to more leading other leaders, and everybody's like, oh, Aaron and Nicole can't leave. We're not leaving. We're not going anywhere. This is home for us. So at any rate, we're going to just launch this fourth week this week of, of Hope, the Hope series behind me. Uh, we started with H for Hope. Then uh, Josh had the privilege of talking about obedience, the funnest one. And then last week I talked about presence and presence and presence and presence. And pre right? Everybody with me? It's an awkward 10 a.m. right now because the 9 a.m.s you're like, we've been out of here by now. And the 11's like, man, we're just now getting here. So at any rate, that was presence and presence. And then today we're going to talk about everything. Jesus is everything. And uh, so I just want to start with the verse that we've referenced a lot this um, four-week series and this season. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. It says this. It says, For unto us a child is born. And if you remember the, that first week, we talked about unto us, unto our situation a child was born, unto our circumstance, unto our trials, unto all of us a child was born. And, and, and we talked about that as hope, like Jesus is hope. So unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called... And here's where we want to focus today. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Everybody say no end. He is everything, everywhere, and forever. Everybody say forever. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. I don't know about you, but I kept this verse in there. Even though we're focusing on that last part of 6, I wanted to keep that verse in there because I'll be honest, in this season and over the last 6 to 10 months, probably one of my biggest frustrations have been injustices. You see these things on media and then you're not seeing them come to a court or come to, to, to justice, right? There's all these things in the media and these things that people were a part of and things that were being done in the dark that were brought to the light. Corruption, immorality, sexual immorality, right? And I'll just be honest that that is a frustration for me to see what all goes on in these 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 systems and cultures, and then there's feels like there wasn't justice. I just have to rest to know that God is loving and just. He is always justice. So no matter if we don't see justice here on earth, the Lord has the ultimate justice. So so let me see here. And it says, From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And I just want to focus on those names. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That kind of sums up everything, doesn't it? Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, God among us, upon us, a child has born, right? So, so then it goes on, his names will be these, fulfilling these needs in us, fulfilling. His grace is sufficient for all of our needs, so he will be the Prince of Peace. He will be the mighty one. He will be an everlasting father to us. And as we read through this list, now he's fulfilling every need we'll ever have. And, and let, me, let me just go here. Let's go to Exodus 3, 13 through 15. The first message ever spoke on this platform in a live service 
was called the I am. My dad spoke it. It was called the I am. We have a door up there. It's called the I am door. It's pretty cool. If you're ever upstairs, look at it. It's it this artistic creation of a door. That's the I am. So then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Moses is like, now listen, I'm about to deliver this message that you told me to deliver, but who am I going to say said it? They're going to look at me funny, right? So then he says this, he says, and they ask me, what is his name and what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. That makes a lot of sense, right? Just say it was I am. What? I want to get into that here in a moment. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. It says, this is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. He is everything to everyone forever, all right? So, so he says, I am who I am. That's from this, this word uh, name. It's, called, it's, it's pronounced, or I believe it's pronounced, aye, okay? Aye is, is who I am is, and it really translates to this. I am everything, and it says, I will be what I will be. That's the direct translation. I will be what I will be. It is. I am is the ultimate statement of self-sufficiency. Okay, when I am, he's summarizing everything. He's saying, say I am sent you. Say I am said this. And, and synonymous with, with the Lord. Tell them the Lord says this. So it's, it's the ultimate self-sufficient, self-existent, and immediate presence of God. It's everything. He's saying, tell him God, the God, everything, the great I am, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, right? Tell him I sent you and said this. So as we get into this, John, uh, he recaps in the Gospel of John, it's I am is mentioned seven times. And Jesus directly says seven different ways. He says in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. In John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. In 10.9, he says, I am the gate. In John 10.11, says, I am the good shepherd. In 11.25 and 26, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Then in John 14.6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In 15.5, he says, I am the vine. Now, now, this is going somewhere because it's important to know that, that God is everything. All right? And he is everything wrapped up into one. He is everything we'll ever need. He's everything we'll, we'll ever become, right? He's the I am, and he, he is all of these things. And, and you've heard me mention so many times that if we want to know his will, figure out his nature. And if we want to know his nature, what's he call himself? And these are just a glimpse of 951 titles that are noted in the Bible that the Lord calls himself. 951 natures, 951 wills of the Father and who the Lord is. This is an amazing revelation because everything you'll ever need, He is. Everything you'll ever want, He is. Everything that you'll ever desire, He is. A lot of times we work outside of that and we begin to desire these, these things that will fade away or these, these things that will be, you know, just material. When it's from the I am, it's eternal. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the hope of eternity, the hope of eternal things, the things in this season, the things of a trying year that really matter relationships matter love really matters the lord really matters i, I want to just preface a while back when we first started kind of into this series about two months ago or referencing some of this we talked about abraham we talked about him willing to sacrifice isaac for everything right 
And I remember saying, like, like we, we, for the sake of, of, of who we are, for the sake of who Upper Room is, I value what the Lord thinks of me than I do you think of me. I fear the Lord more than I fear man. I do unto the Lord more than I want to do unto man. And I want to please the Father with my life. So we started the live stream, and it, and it gets tricky. And, and let me just be really honest with you. We are so thankful and grateful. And, and Jason Mormon was a huge part of helping us integrate that into a reality of what, who Upper Room is and to be able to get that out. And we're thankful that we can continue that. We even upgraded it, and we, we, we're going bigger and better, and it's awesome. Because we want to reach beyond these walls. We want to reach beyond this city. We want to reach beyond and let people feel the impact that all of us in here have felt. We want to feel, we want to allow others even who feel unsafe to come here to feel that and to still feel like they're part of a family and like you're still part of something here at Upper Room that's bigger than ourselves. Here's the thing with that. There's sometimes some challenges. And sometimes integrating that has a temptation to, to maybe minimize or, 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 or put us on a, a distraction of who we are. Well, do we want to let that show on video? Should we do this or that? Or, or do we zoom in at this point or time? Or do we still show our altar calls or these things? Because sometimes when you're not in an environment, you may not capture that. There's something about a spiritual atmosphere. There's something in here that feels different than if you're not here in person. So we started having these conversations, and, and I just want to share something that's on my heart. <laughs> I want to just share something really... Let me, let me go here. So there was one day that we were having church, and I don't remember which service it was. It was obviously 11 a.m. service because we were live streaming. I think we had some guests here. And there was a man that came to the altar. And, and can I, is it okay if I just get vulnerable a little bit with you? So there's a man that came to the altar, and he's, he's right here. And, and worship is going on. It's right in the middle of worship, and he comes to the altar. And I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, that's on video. Why? Really? Right there? You couldn't be off to the side? Like, why right there? And, and I'll just be honest with you. I was totally convicted. Just for that simple thought. You know, and there were some churches, okay, let's see if we can move him to the side. No. No, in that immediate thing, even to have that thought, I hit my knees and I just was consumed with God's presence and conviction and repentance. That, Lord, what have I made it? That I'm more concerned about what people might see on camera than what's going on in this gentleman's heart. I have no idea what happened that morning. I have no idea why he's here. Maybe he was just worshiping the Lord. Sometimes we get judgmental, like, oh, he must be repenting. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I don't care. Something was heartfelt that drew him to an altar to bow down before a king. And here I am having this thought, like, how's that look on camera? And, and it, this all ties together. And let me just tell you that my, my heart went to this verse in Matthew where Jesus is, is expressing himself and he's teaching. And I want to get there in a moment. But I was totally convicted of like, what is my life? What is my ministry? Who, who have I become that I'm not so excited that a man's at the altar versus what it looks like on camera? I care more about God's presence than in excellence. I love excellence. I love things that draw you in and feel good and sound good and look good, right? But there's something more convicting about God's presence than what it looks like. And that drew me to my knees, and we begin to share that on a Zoom with our leadership, and we begin to share, like, why did I get into this? Why, why did I even just say yes to ministry? I, 13 years ago, I wasn't even a Christian, and now I'm a pastor, and, and having this opportunity to lead, and why? Why did I say yes? I didn't even want to be a Christian, let alone a pastor, so why? And a lot of times, if we, if we figure out the why, then we'll know the way. 
And a lot of times we get into this missional drift where we get away from the why and then it affects our way. Now, now let me elaborate on that a little bit. There's many organizations out there like Yale and Harvard, and Yale was started to be this, this, the best theological seminary on the planet, all right? I'm sorry, it was Harvard first. Harvard was this, they set out to be this, this greatest seminary ever to prepare ministers for the work of the Lord. And all of a sudden, the board who was there realized that they had done a missional drift and got away from what they were called to, and they were becoming a high scholarly educational facility, but not a seminary. So they started Yale. This board started Yale to set out to do the same thing and the same mission and the same heart. And before you knew it, they too drifted from their mission as a seminary. The YMCA is another one, a great organization, incredible organization still, providing health and wholeness to a lot of people. But that set out to be a Christ-centered discipleship program. And now it's a great workout facility and club and, and a place you go and do sports and, and train, and it's good. Not saying none of either of these are bad, it's just not what they had set out to do. And I realized that in my heart of wanting to reach masses and in my heart wanting to reach people through the screen, I was beginning to be tempted of what does it look like in here out there. And I don't want to become part of a missional drift where what upper room was found on the DNA of who we are and the family and the heart of who we are, his presence is forsaken at the cost of excellence. At the same time, I feel there's a way to do it in that we never forsake presence, but yet we integrate and, and improve on excellence. We're not the greatest in that. We're open to it. We want more, but never at losing presence. So I shared this with the leadership team, and I was totally convicted to my why. Listen, the only reason, I'll tell you my why. My why was because I was, <sighs> I was this heartbroken young man who had never heard about the love of a father, who was abusive to his wife, who was an adulterer and a drunk, who wanted to kill himself. Jesus captured me. Jesus rescued me. And one day, at an altar, in the very front of a church, at the very center of the altar, like that young man, Jesus encountered me and baptized me with his spirit and let me encounter his love for the very first time in my life. At 20 some years old and That's the why I want others to walk in that same freedom To experience that same goodness That Jesus is everything That Jesus is everything to everyone Not just me And then through the next couple weeks I begin to have these encounters And begin to, to have these dreams with the Lord And I begin to have these dreams Where I was ascending to heaven and I was trying to pe bring people with me, people that I recognized their faces and, and family members and friends, and their hands just kept slipping out of my hands. And I'm trying to bring them up with me to heaven as the Lord had returned. And, you know, this, this craziness. And, and, I, and I remember being so heartbroken and so frustrated and so angry that their hands kept slipping, and I wanted them to come with me. And I remember just in that short few weeks' time that I said, I will serve the Lord for the rest of my life, trying to bring as many people to heaven with me as I can on this journey. And then I get to a point years later, 13 years later, of wondering what it looks like for a man to be at the altar in the same position I was in. God help me. So it brought me to this verse here, Matthew 25. I actually didn't expect this. I told Nicole, I was like, it's a 25 minute or today. Matthew 20. I actually even said, I said, I hope it's at least 25 minutes. I was afraid it was going to be so short. Matthew 25, 31 through 46 says this. 
When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. There's a lot in this. I'm just going to pull out a couple things. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And then, and then when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And here's the point today. He says, and the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. I'm making this connection that Jesus is everything, but he's also all around. And when we serve to the least of these, we're serving the Lord. When we, when we give to the poor, we're giving to the Lord. He is everything. When we feed the hungry, we're literally feeding the Lord. They're his creation. They're part of him, right? We're created in his image. So Jesus is everything, even unto those we serve in the areas we serve and giving of ourselves to him. Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. When they also, then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked, or sick or in prison, and did you minister to you? And then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, he said it twice, as you do it, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Then he gets into Matthew 23. Just before that, though, he's, he's talking about how the polished tomb looks great, but on the inside it's rotten. And how the Pharisees and the scribes, they care about the outward appearance, right? But God cares about what's happening inside. He's saying like a polished cup, and he's using a couple of different analogies here. And he's saying, but yet, the inside. And then if you go back even to the Old Testament, where they're at Jesse's house looking for the next king, you know, the messenger and the Lord tells him, say, hey, don't discredit, you know, the little guys. Don't discredit those who look the least likelies. Don't discredit the guys who, who might not look like they got their stuff together. I don't know about you, but sometimes I felt like and feel like a least likely, a nobody, but God's making somebodies. And he says, listen, and this is what he told them to going to Jesse's house looking for the king who ended up being David, the youngest child, the youngest son of all, the grunt, and he was out tending sheep, which was the lowest job of the entire family. And he says, he says this, he says, man looks at the outward, but God looks at the heart. I don't want to be this place where we got it all together. It looks great, it sounds great, but in the inside, we're unhealthy. In the inside, we're not even free. On the inside, our marriages are struggling. On the inside, our kids aren't even growing up to say yes to Jesus. But I don't care what it looks like. I want to be right. I don't care what the appearance looks like. I want our hearts to be pure. That we have clean hands and a pure heart. That I continually recall that encounter 13 years ago where the Lord called me home forever. Where the Lord gave me the courage to say yes 
where the Lord put something in me to say yes forever, not just, not just for five years or seven years or as a youth pastor or the first few years as another pastor or a firefighter or a lieutenant or a dad or a husband, like forever yes. A forever yes and to everything I do all the time everywhere because he is everywhere. He's everything to everyone all the time. Let me finish this and the band can come. Jesus is everything and he'll meet every one of our needs. All right, and I put this. He is the why we're here. He is who we're here for, and he's who we're to serve for. And let me just wrap it up with this last verse here. I hope this is captivating something in you that, that the Lord talks about the manna that fell from the sky. When the Israelites were going from Egypt to the promised land, there was a 40-year journey that should have taken between 11 and 12 days. And they had to depend on the Lord every step of the way. And at times they wouldn't have water and they'd strike a rock and there'd be water. At times they didn't have food, there'd be birds fall from the sky. And at one point there was this manna, it was this bread, it was this sweet bread that would fall from the sky. And he says, don't gather it, don't save it. You can't save it for tomorrow, it'll be rotten. So every day this fresh manna fell from the sky. And I believe that was symbolic and even prophetic that we can't live on yesterday's bread. That he is the bread of life. I am the bread of life in John, right? I am the bread of life. We can't live on yesterday's bread. We need these fresh encounters every day. Every week, every year. It's not, we don't have to live off of, of this year's struggles, right? We have next year coming. There's songs and there's different things. Like, like Friday may, may, may be here, but Sunday's coming. You know, Friday was the crucifixion, but he resurrected on Sunday. And I believe there's this fresh infilling for all of us. The Bible talks about when he's talking about the Holy Spirit, an infilling of the Holy Spirit. Not this thing where it happened one time and done, and now you, you're good for the rest of your life. And you might be eternally. I, I, I'm not getting into that discussion right now. But what I'm talking about is I don't want to live a life where I tell Nicole I love her one time and then we don't ever communicate or intimate, hang out, date or anything and then like, hey, see you at the grave. That's weird. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> no, I want to date Nicole. I want to get to know her. I want to discover her. I want to go on dates. I want to hang out. I want to play games with her at night. I, I, I want to enjoy her. It's the same thing with the Lord. It's this intimate invitation for us to discover everything about him. He is everything, and he wants us to go on this journey. Now, will we ever discover all of who God is? No. The Bible talks about there's these mysteries of who the Lord is. But I always say this. It's fun to try. It's this fun journey to try. Let me close it out here. Colossians 3.23 says this. It says, whatever you do, work, work heartily. As for the Lord and not for men. Whatever you do, do unto the Lord wholeheartedly with everything you have. As if you're working for the Lord, not for people. There's a lot of different versions that say it different ways. But do unto the Lord. And he's everything. And that, I hope that the people in this room and the people watching online have had that encounter to know he's everything. To know that his grace is sufficient for all needs. But maybe you haven't. And I believe that the Lord's inviting us into a deep, intimate encounter today. I believe he's inviting us into an invitation to know him more, to discover him more, to discover that he literally is everything. Everything we'll ever need. Everything we'll ever be. And everything we'll ever serve to or for or with. I don't want these distractions to get in the way of who the Lord's called you to be or us as a body to be. As I thought about that, I said, man, 
What a great testimony that we have an open altar all the time and people feel welcome to go to it and dump their mess or grow closer to the Lord or just worship Him and have a moment with Him. So I want you to know that our altars are always open. You can always make your own wherever you are. Maybe you're at home and it's in your living room or your bedroom or a closet or whatever. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's your car. But here, our, our altar is always open for whenever you need it, for whatever you need it for. Why? Because Jesus is everything to everyone forever. Why don't you stand with me? super excited to journey with you for 2021. I believe the Lord has some pretty big plans for us. I believe he has some pretty big, exciting plans for each of us. And I believe it's a, a, an Ephesians 3.20 kind of year coming our way. I believe it's a Jeremiah 29.11 kind of year coming our way that he'll do far abundantly, exceedingly more than we can ask, think, or imagine. Or that he has plans for us, plans to prosper us, plans for a future, plans for a hope for each of us. He has hope for us. He has hope for our nation. Regardless of what happens January 20th, he has hope for our nation. Regardless of what happens with a vaccine or travel or, or economy or whatever it might be, he has hope for our nation. Exceeding abundant hope for our nation, for us, for you, for me, for his body, for his precious sons and daughters. And the Bible says this in Psalms 37, 4, he says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll honor the desires of your heart. Let me just say this, your, your heavenly father that Isaiah talked about as we started this message, your heavenly father cares not just about your needs and your physical needs and your eternal needs and came to this earth unto us a child was born so that he could be crucified and resurrected for our eternal life. But he also cares about our wants. We talked about that with our kids Christmas morning. We took 20 or 30 minutes and began to worship the Lord. We read the Christmas story. And then for the next 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe more, we began to thank the Lord for blessings. And we began to pray and intercede for those who didn't have. We begin to intercede for those who were without home or hungry or in the cold. Because we know we are so blessed. We had a Christmas tree full of presents under it for our children. We didn't take that for granted. And we just begin to tell them, listen, the Lord loves you guys so much that he not only cares about your needs, this is all just want. This is all this is, is want and desire. It's not, it's not a need. We're in a warm home. We have food. We have shelter. We have clothing. We have our basic needs met. Anything else is this bonus with the Lord. He loves us so much. And I believe that is the true thing of, of spiritual walk with the Lord, that the basic need is eternal salvation. The basic need was crucifixion, resurrection. But he doesn't just care with need. He cares with want. And he says he withholds nothing for those who seek him. He says that, that anybody who asks things in his name, he'll give them. And I believe this. I believe like he's got gifts to pour out. He's got his presence to pour out. He's got these wonderful gifts with prophecy and, and, and discerning of spirits and faith and, and hospitality. He's got all of these amazing gifts to pour out. It's not just a need to get to heaven. It's also this desire for heaven to get into us. The cross wasn't just this plan for us to just get a heaven ticket. It was also for heaven to come to earth and dwell in us and us to offer hope to those around us and walk not just in eternal life, 
with a plan of salvation, but also an abundant life, as John 10.10 promises. It's not just need, it's, it's also desire. And I believe this, that he'll give you everything you desire, because he says he will. It's not just a need of salvation. That is the greatest gift of all, but it's also these wants. I want to I wanna touch somebody this week. I want to I tell somebody about Jesus this week. I want to walk in a faith level and have the gift of faith. I want, you know, these things that we begin to journey with the Lord. I want to dig this deep well with the Lord that no matter what comes, I won't be shaken or troubled. No matter what 2020 brought, I'm still here. This, the, this thing just popped in my head, the greatest showman. I, I promise I'm almost done. I was done like 10 minutes ago. This, this, this thing just got in my head, The Greatest Showman. And it's a song that they sing in this. If you've not seen Greatest Showman, it's actually a movie I recommend. And I think you should watch it in the perspective of a parent or somebody that cares for others. That it's, it's not worth losing who you are at the gain of popularity and all this stuff. It's the very thing I'm talking about right now. I could have used that as a great illustration. But there's a song they sing in that. And it says, I'm still standing. I don't even remember when in the song. My kids just have the soundtrack. We hear it all the time. Is that right? Am I accurate? I hear you say no. I'm still standing. Huh? Huh? Oh. Okay. Disregard all of what I just said. There's this movie scene, all right? And the place burns down, and then they're trying to, like, get this promotional thing. I'm a girl dad. I watch all kinds of girl movies and kid movies. So this movie scene, scratch that. We'll edit that in the preaching. No, I'm just kidding. Sing. And it's like, I'm still standing. And it's just this cool thing of like, they're rebuilding. And I just believe this. That's the thing I was hearing for you prophetically. No matter what happened in 2020, whether you're here or watching online, you're still here. You're still standing. You're still here. God still has you. Like, he's got your back. He's got you covered. He's your greatest intercessor. what I'd love to do is just just open up your hands and again it's not just need it's want and maybe today you need salvation it's here the Lord's here unto us a child was born so that he could connect us back to the father through the crucifixion and resurrection but maybe it's a want today maybe you're saved and you just have a want you want you want to walk in peace you want the gift of faith maybe you want the gift of tongues or the gift of prophecy whatever it is if you're in here at home just hold out your hands Lord we just think, and you say, your word says that those who delight in you, you'll honor the desires of our hearts. That if we ask anything in your name, you'll give it. That you withhold nothing for those who seek you, Jesus. So, Lord, we seek your presence. We seek the more right now. We ask for the more right now. Not just the basic necessity of eternal life. But, Lord, we ask for the more right now. We delight in you, and we ask that you honor the desires of our heart. Wow us, Lord. Love us, Lord. These are just promises you've always given. So Jesus, give us the more. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We want more of you. We won't be satisfied with anything just ordinary. We want more of you, Jesus. We want more, God. We want more in 2021. We want more for our nation. We want more for our family. We want more of a legacy for our family than what we're seeing right now, Jesus. We want more for the world, God. We want you for the world. We want you for our nation. We want you for our family and our lineage and our family tree, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are everything. You are everything to everyone, Lord. Let us encounter you deeper. Let us be intimate with you, Jesus. Let us know you more. 
Let us know that you're everything, Jesus. We love you. We thank you for rescuing us, for coming. We thank you for being everything to us. Lord, let others experience that. Let us live our life as if we're doing it unto you, directly to you. Let us serve others as if it's directly serving you, Jesus. Lord, convict our hearts if they need to be convicted. And call us to repentance for the things that we've made it. For the things that we've, we've disguised as or the things that we've put in front of you, Jesus. We say sorry. Lord, let us put you first. Let us put you on a pedestal and glorify you. We thank you, Jesus. Bless you. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for, I don't know, putting up with me. I'm crazy. But I hope you know my heart is I just love the Lord and I want others to experience him the way I've experienced him. Totally, it's going to be totally different. Everybody's going to have their own encounter. But to the level of his realness, to the level of his genuineness, to the level of his grace and his mercy and his power and his love. So may you guys be blessed in the city and the country. May you be blessed in your coming and your going. May you be the head and not the tail, the lender, not the borrower. May you guys be blessed. Have an amazing day. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you next week with a party. Blessings.